Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. And this week I'm joined by co-founder and once brewer of Elusive Brewing, Andy. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. No, no, you're welcome, mate. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for joining. I, I appreciate it that you'll be... Uh, very very busy at the moment um with everything that's going on in the world so uh, thank you for taking the time out to uh, to come and join mate i uh, really appreciate it um first things first you want to sort of tell us a little bit about your uh, about yourself and uh, how elusive elusive came to be yeah sure so i mean elusive brewing um we started in 2016 uh, we're based in finchamstead in berkshire um which is a little small little village really but it's got two breweries the other one being siren so we we declare it like the brewery capital of the world like one brewery per 300 people or something like that um <laughs> and um yeah i started out as a home brewer going back a long time um and uh, it cut elusive was kind of born out of that and just a hobby that got out of control um we're we're a pretty small brewery we're a five barrel um so brew about 800 liters at a time um We've got four FEs, one of which is, is double size. Um, so we're brewing about 10 to 12 times a month. Um, and we're three employees, myself, uh, Ricky, who's our uh, brewer, and Ruth, who heads up our sales events and marketing. So you're still a, a fairly small uh, small team then of, of just three people. Exactly, yeah. We all, we all cover all kinds of things as well. So when you're, when you're that small, <laughs> you need to muck in and uh, get things done. Yeah, just uh, everyone mucks in and does a bit of everything. Then, so mm-hmm. I uh, I apologise. So you're a co-founder, but I say once, bro. Do you do a? Are you still the the main brewer? Are you sort of the head honcho for that as well? Then, or well, yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, um, I don't do. I do. I do still mash most of our beers in in the morning, getting early and get the mash on. Um, but beyond that, don't do too much of the uh, of the actual brewing. And and, and you know, uh, Ricky comes in and, and carries on with the brew and digs out the mash and does a lot of our packaging. Mm. Although if we're uh, if we're canning, it's a kind of all hands on deck. Three of us uh, get involved in that. Uh, but yeah, very much. Um, I mean, for the first kind of couple of years, the business was just me, and then um, we had a part time assistant brewer join us. Um, but yeah, we're, as you say, we're pretty small. And it was always the aim with us. We didn't want to be a, a big brewery. I mean, I'd um, mm. I like to add a little bit more capacity and maybe expand that tap room a bit. But I don't have any. Uh, vision of taking over the world uh, with Elusive. It's uh, you know we started it to be a small uh, business and uh, it will stay that way. Yeah, I suppose it's uh, it, it depends on what you want really. I suppose some people sort of start these things as oh we we're, we're going to sort of take over the world and it's become become the next big thing. But I suppose if you're happy with the sort of like you say maybe up the scale or capacity a little bit beyond that, if you're sort of happy where you are in terms of your output, the beers that you're putting out there and being sort of sustainable and sufficient then then you don't really need to sort of go for, to be like the next sort of brew dog almost yeah, do you really? exactly i mean you know uh as as you well know it's a busy market out there yeah. anyway and um it, you know if you're gonna expand and grow then you need a, a strategy for that and um you need to look at, at who you're supplying to and pushing yourself up that up that kind of chain and um that's not something that's really ever interest us, interested us when i've always been um, really happy to see my beer in local pubs and mm. from the outset we've kind of had been lucky enough to have some kind of interest on the national wholesale front so we do a little bit of that as well and then in the past kind of 18 months we've been uh, we've had a tap room although of course with everything that went on that was closed for a long time mm. but you know it's been all about um, getting our beer in front of more local people and, and, and 
doing more with um you know within our little community so that's always been the aim with, with elusive and um yeah i don't think um we'll ever see a day where um we're kind of uh massive and and in supermarkets and, and taking over the world yeah. so obviously with that in mind what you just said there i suppose it'll almost be remiss not to mention sort of the last sort of 12 12 months or so which obviously i don't want to dwell too much on given that we're sort of sort of the opposite end of the uh, of the the situation now hopefully but have, have you found that in some ways that it's helped sort of get your name out there a little bit what's going on with the home drinking market have you found yourselves getting to more sort of newer sort of territories or audiences or have you found that your local market is sort of been your predominant focus throughout this whole situation that's been interesting actually yeah it's been a it's been a fairly transformative year for us and i'm going to put the kind of the the, the pandemic the bad side of the pandemic aside because obviously that was it's not any it remains an awful situation but when we kind of went into that just over a year ago uh you know like many small business owners it was started out as blind panic mm. and what do we do the market's gone yeah yeah uh, that kind of um little period of reflection and like okay what can we do um how can we get out there out there and um and how can we adapt to to kind of keep going and um we're quite lucky i mentioned siren being being over the road and they um they kind of mucked in and helped us helped us get going with an online shop mm. uh, with packing materials and with a contract with a courier which were quite hard to come by yeah. <laughs> at the time and um so yeah, we, we kind of got up and going with the online sales and very fortuitously, we'd just restocked our online shop, uh, not our online shop, but our tap room uh, with bottles after the Christmas period. Mm. So we'd slowly been doing a bit more bottling, but generally like our, we were only doing less than 5% of our output as, as small pack and it was bottle for direct sales and a couple of local um, bottle shops. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of um, selling those online um, and you know we had some great support online for that and we've got those out there and plus also um the local community i mentioned the tap room so we opened that in november 2019 obviously it closed in march 2020 but in that kind of period we we built up a little local crew that came in quite often and and they all got behind this and we're ordering online and we're out every friday uh delivering beer uh, all around Wokenham and the mm-hmm. surrounding areas and um we just kind of kept going and then we got to like may time and the stock that we had had gone and we were brewing again um then we realised that we couldn't really keep up on the bottling and switched to doing some contract canning. Yeah, uh, and we haven't looked back from there. Really, we, we were sending beer off to be canned because at the time it was only me at the brewery, and um, that was the, the the easiest way to get lots of stock was to I'd brew it and send it off, and it would come back already canned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that went really well. And then we in September last year uh, bought a little second second hand canning line and brought that back in house. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, when, when things, when lockdown eased um, uh, late summer last year, uh, kind of August, September, um, we found that uh, that kind of local direct stuff had kept going. Um, the demand for small pack remained, and then we had the pub trade come back. And, you know, it felt like we'd, we'd been through, uh, like many businesses, been through the ringer a bit and had to, to adjust what we were doing. Mm. But through that adjustment, it built a little bit more business on top of where we were yeah 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 like you say it's it's weird in many anyways because obviously like you say despite you focus on your pubs and your bars and your tap rooms that sort of thing which a lot of people would see in in some respects getting that sort of following by doing the small pack stuff when everyone was at home it's like people trying to find new things or different things that they couldn't obviously get by going out anymore so it, it in some ways it did 
help for want of a better word or putting it you know obviously it's yeah, not an I'll, ideal I'll, situation but it's no i've been mulling this over because um great example for us is our lord nelson which is a saison mm. uh, that we brew and i we've always brewed it i love that beer uh, <laughs> but it doesn't sell very well <laughs> so we we, we kind of style out a bit by brewing it once a year and calling it an annual release mm. and uh and that, you know and it sells over the next few months and but last year we brewed that two or three times and it was purely because you know with with the direct access and put stuff online and people would put like that they could come in and buy it yeah. um and in a way i guess i mean i don't know about your beer blind, but i was online and a little bit of a kid in a, in a sweet shop mm. where you're like oh that one, and that yeah, one. Yeah. all this stuff that you don't necessarily see um when you're out and about it's like well i've got a chance to order this and drink mm. it so i'm going to do that and i think that um i you know, always when we emerged from lockdown last summer i was very uh, conscious that this is kind of borrowed trade if that mm, makes sense yeah, yeah. like these people that are all ordinarily wouldn't and they'd be off out elsewhere you know, supporting their bottle shops locally of course which we still did and um and in the pub and everything else so you had to be a little bit pragmatic in that regard but fortunately you know we've managed to um, particularly with the switch to canon um, the demand for our small pack is is now much much bigger than it was pre-lockdown yeah well that's it and like you said obviously many breweries like yourself and, and businesses outside the brewing industry obviously had to sort of pivot to that home market now whereas like you say getting set up with couriers and distributors and getting set up for for shipping which obviously like you said is not easy um you know mm. from from working in a shop myself a bottle shop myself sort of getting on on with couriers and whatnot is not an easy an easy gig especially when you no, don't no, you don't not. know how many you're going to be sending and agreeing to or you need to send so many packages in sort of a week or a month it, it's tricky and then like you say when you go online to bottle shops or you know beer deliveries at home during lockdown is you've been spoiled for choice really haven't you because obviously like like yourselves and you know i'm i'm up in leeds obviously you're down south we don't necessarily see a, a lot of your stuff up north but as a result of this obviously it's kind of spreading further because you've got a, a further reach because of the the small pack so it's you know positive and negatives about it but it's it's helped a lot of businesses in that regard and hopefully like you say yeah. people will you know by drinking out maybe stop buying as much at home but still call in to find those beers by the people that they've been drinking from throughout this whole lockdown that they've, they've been enjoying at home yeah exactly and, and you're exactly right we saw a lot of um kind of pull through trade particularly heading into this year where you know there's more been more demand generated for our for our small pack which i'm really thankful for and we do get now a lot more mm. orders from bottle shops that we weren't getting before so so i know it's obviously hard to to plan but like we said earlier we sort of as we as we record we're a week to the day before indoor catering hospitality can go back ahead albeit still with the rule of six and some social distancing measures what what sort of are you anticipating in terms of your split now in terms of keg and cask and small pack then in terms of if you sort of planned it or just sort of still weighing up the demand and waiting to see what happens or yeah, it's it's a great question, and we've really struggled with that getting that split right because um, as we speak now, we've got I think we literally sold our last cask uh, this afternoon, and we've got mm. a good chunk of can stock. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> um, trying to get that split right. Um, I mean, not yeah. those, but more than we would normally have. And uh, it's yeah, so we've we've got our kind of large pack uh, uh, ratio. We've gone a bit under on it, and. We need to maybe look at going across a bit more. So, yeah, it's been it's been tough to to we you know tough to make that that call. And we you know when the pubs are open for outside drinking um, uh, in April, it was like, well, do we 
um, yeah, what do we do about that? Do we pack a little bit in anticipation? And we decided to do that. Thankfully, it was the right choice. But mm. yeah, having spent months just mostly canning and <laughs> with yeah. a little bit of cars for our bagging boxes for our local customers, it's been uh, yeah, it's been tough to make the right call on that. I'm sure a lot of breweries have been through the same thing. And I think at the minute, it's probably uh, with everyone playing a little bit tentatively, it might be yeah. a little bit of a, a dip in availability from some breweries and then they'll kind of find the balance right again. Well, like you said, there's, there's going to be obviously a, a massive demand and obviously has been with sort of outdoor catering going ahead and now obviously indoors just, just a week away. But a lot of people still probably be quite hesitant about going out, I think, as well. So I think obviously whilst places will want plenty of beer to make sure they've got plenty in, I think from a lot of people that I've certainly spoke to have, have still not been happy or willing to go out just yet. They want to sort of give it a, an extra few weeks or wait until that sort of June point where hopefully fingers crossed we we're at the point where we're out of the other side of it but like you say with that in mind it's going to be now impossible to sort of gauge the demand and how many how many different ways you need to split yourself isn't it really yeah and if you think if you're running a if you're running a pub seller you know you've got to make decisions mm. around what you want to stock and with cask in particular you know how many lines you're going to have on mm. what you're going to tap um, what you're going to buy in what's going to sell i think everyone's kind of feeling the way through this and you're right in that some people uh, you know, won't go out just yet. They'll wait another month mm. or so. Um, whether that's just letting the, the, the carnage die down a bit or, you know, wanting a little bit, little bit more assurance, um, you know, people will make their own call on that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, I think the next month or two is is going to be a little bit of everyone in the industry finding their way uh, through it. And um, as we have for the past year, of course, but at least in this, in this sense, it's a positive thing in that and people are back out again and we are back in pubs which is great well this is the thing that we found sort of with me working working at the shop is that we've just had a little pop-up bar for the last few weeks is that it's just nice to see people out and enjoying themselves again do you know what i mean it's albeit it's outdoors and you know god love the the british weather this last weekend wasn't wasn't great it was a bit, <laughs> i think it was uh, probably the worst weekend we've had um since we've done it but people still coming out you know it's great to to see and i'm and i'm sure you you're probably the same is that there's there's some hardy folk out there that want to come out and support local businesses and you know the local breweries by coming out and supporting whatever the weather and it's nice to see that that is happening so um once once the indoors goes goes ahead obviously they'll be more inclined to sit inside than outside but yeah fingers crossed we keep getting some uh some decent weather anyway yeah i mean i've never there's definitely some hardy people out there we we last kind of well, it would have been early winter by then i guess but uh yeah kind of october time we had a um Funnily enough, I was in Leeds. I was up brewing with Nomadic. Uh, okay. And, and um, Jay, my wife, and, and Ruth, who was working Saturdays for us, and were at the tap room. And we got this panic phone call where basically our gazebos had just blown over um, <laughs> because of the winds. And, and uh, so they took them down, and thinking that we closed for the day and that would be that. But uh, the people just, we've got some great pictures on my Facebook page of these guys just sat there with an umbrella in pissing rain, mm. holding this pint. <laughs> it's like not being, I'm going to drink my pint, damn it. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah, going yeah. to put me off. Uh, and this, this weekend, like you guys, are a bit quieter, but, you know, people mm. were still out drinking. And I've, you know, it's, uh, you, know, you know, it was out myself, but it's just, uh, yeah, people are keen to get out um, and socialize and see their friends again. and uh, I don't think a bit of weather will put them off, at least not all of them. Well, this is it. I mean, we're, we're sort of lucky that we've got a bit of shelter. So, I mean, beyond needing a sort of a big coat and an umbrella when you're out about walking to, to go to Lou and what have you, it were, like you say, the people have been stuck at home so long, but I think they're willing to forgo a, a bit of cold and a bit of wind and a bit of rain just to enjoy a pint and enjoy some some company rather than, obviously, we're doing this virtually, but obviously people are 
tired of meeting people virtually online for now. Aren't they want to get back out and yeah, do it in person again. So, yeah. um, but some of that's sort of, I don't know if you've um, thought of anything yet. And so obviously the festival sort of seeing things obviously is some of them are going ahead again this year with, with things being planned in. Have you sort of got anything on cards in terms of festival attendance or like that? Or have you not sort of crossed that bridge just yet? Yeah, so we've got a few kind of feelers out. And I think um, the, 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 there's a, lo- a local festival called Twyford Beer Festival, which is uh, run by a chap who does it to raise money for, uh, for charity. Mm. Uh, and he um, has been super keen to get this on. And I think the restrictions ease fully in June. And he's uh, basically the weekend after that. Um, he's got this big festival planned in a field in Twyford mm. in Berkshire. And um, so I think that's going to be our first festival. Um, and it's been fun getting some um, some real funky stuff in cask for it as well, because mm. it, it, it's mostly doing cask. So, um, yeah, that's the first one that uh, we'll be going to. And I'm looking forward to that. So if, I, if I remember rightly, I think when I first came across you guys was at, um, at Leeds International. Uh, I think it was back in it was either 2019 or 2018, because obviously last year didn't go ahead. Remember, uh, you guys were in the underground bit in the actual in the town hall. I don't know. I don't know if you, it was yourself that was there yeah. or not. I can't remember that far, but but I remember you being in the underneath bit. Yeah, that was. I think it's twenty. Might even been twenty seventeen actually. Twenty eighteen. That's mm. a yeah. That's a great festival. And it's a, just a, an amazing venue, isn't it? I'm mean, walking in there and thinking, wow, this is some place for a beer yeah. festival. Uh, yeah. And yeah, 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 pretty busy, but I would say fairly chilled out and. One thing I remember about Leeds was uh, people were drinking pints. Pints was the thing. Um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a, a good, a good fun weekend. Yeah, the uh, the something about having a pint up north just uh, just to serve it to me in a pint is is the highest quantity that I can get it. But yeah, it's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. take a pint. Well, yeah, it's great because I, I know that you've obviously you guys your sort of your, your branding and obviously the can that you kindly sent up or Ruth sent me up. Obviously, your sort of branding is back down to sort of the, the retro the 80s arcade video games and at Leeds International I don't know if you remember but Tiny Rebel usually got set up in that area with arcade machines in there as well it's just yeah. great we'd spent so much time just playing track and field just just go get another drink and come back and play track and field or Donkey Kong or Space Invaders whatever it is I'd like I think I could have spent all festival just stood there rather than actually talking to people <laughs> um but yeah, it's it's a great it's a great venue is uh, is at Leeds International, which I'm I'm glad that it's still provisionally going ahead this year, um, albeit focusing on UK breweries for obvious reasons about other countries sort of being blacklisted for for travel, which I understand. But it'll be great in terms of for breweries like yourself that that uh, are able to get out and about again and again, sort of push the the homegrown talent that we've got that's resurging in this country at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I remember that when uh, we had a, a contact from, it's Maz who runs that, isn't it? And she got in touch about mm. that, the year that we attended and, um, yeah, you know, tell us about the festival. And um, I think it's, uh, a lot of people talk about Indie Man and Indie Man's amazing. I, I go every year uh, as a punter. and uh, But it really took me back, like the, the amazing breweries that they've managed to get to Leeds uh, mm. internationally, you know. Um, really, uh, yeah, it's an incredible festival. And uh, even, as you say, if they can't, get some of the overseas breweries there this year hopefully uh, well i'm sure they'll put on a really good festival again yeah yeah no definitely and it was it, for the year that they had the the main beer box over that was really good as well the sort of the big shipping container mm. with all the beer from from maine in america that that was incredible so yeah generally speaking i go every year obviously last year for for obvious reasons but i used the year before as a sort of part one of a stag do which then the wedding got postponed so it was kind of <laughs> but it's my 30th birthday this year in September, which the festival goes ahead in September. So I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping that everything goes right and I can use that as a 
a bit of a uh, 30th birthday do so we'll, uh, we'll yeah that'll be some weekend yeah then. yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that pans out so yeah i remember when last year or when, whichever year it was we ended up going to pub over there then went to craft asylum then head of steam and then that was when my, my dad stopped remembering things and fell asleep in head of steam so <laughs> so yeah that, that was the time to go home that was the time we needed to go home take take him back to bed so so yeah but um coming back to your um your cans obviously your labels and, and your branding and obviously this is um like i say goes back to your, your retro roots of sort of 80s arcade games is that sort of something that's gone with you throughout your sort of your adult life still video gaming or is that just sort of a, a, a fond and distant memory of sort of playing games of of childhood years gone by yeah i suppose, I suppose it's a little bit of both in that the initial branding um so so when we started out um i was um as i mentioned I was a homebrew and i became friends with the guys who went on to start with mm. um greg and brian and um greg there really liked our nelson saison that, that became lord nelson later and when they started, it was like, why don't you come and brew it at ours and we'll release it as a, a special. So they released it as um, um, the beer that was, um, yeah, memorably named uh, Single Hop Series Number 2 <laughs> from Weird Beard. And he said, well, why don't we, you might as well put your name or your logo on it. And um, so we came up with the name Lucid Brewing and, and a friend of mine, Kerry, is a graphic designer. And uh, he, you know, he, he sort of said, oh, can I help do something with the branding with the logo? So he came up with a little pixel uh, logo mm. and that became the start of our brand so uh, when we finally launched in 2016 uh, Kerry um, kind of took took that and ran with it and uh, the level up can that uh, that you know we look at and drinking from um, is yeah I mean the reference there is obvious but it's a very litigious uh, arcade for yeah. <laughs> um, so there's some very uh, abstract references to, to uh, Donkey Kong <laughs> but, yeah don't, don't want to get in, don't want to be in trouble with Nintendo, yeah. Without being, of course, any nothing like it, yeah. So, um, it's yeah, I mean, that that was, yeah, I, you know, I remember going on uh on holiday as a kid down to Canberra Sands or you know, or Minehead or whatever, I used to go down to Somerset, um, and going in the arcades and playing those machines with your 5p and then you, you play, play away, and then it kind of went on to um, becoming a bit of a computer nerd at school. With my BBC Micro in the in the eighties, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of our games are actually named after BBC Micro games. Um, so uh, yeah, that that it kind of went from there. And, and everything we do at Elusive, all the branding's always pixel artwork, and some of them are mm. um, are games, but some are just more abstract things or things that we like. Morris Man's an example where uh, we brewed it with a friend of mine who's a Morris dancer. So there's not a video game reference, but the artwork still kind of eight bit pixel. Yeah artwork so we keep that that kind of thing running through it's good that like say that you kind of keep that sort of synonymous branding like you say because i think there's obviously there's a a core theme that runs through some breweries with their branding but obviously they sort of take creative license and sometimes you wouldn't necessarily identify it as their beer because obviously it's not a, a recurring theme but like you say despite it not being a video game reference it still has that that like you say that that pixelated branding so you can either go yeah that i know that's an elusive beer despite not being a a video game one like the like the level up so it's but it's good i like it like i'm a video game not myself you know i'm the sort of the the idea of the podcast was just to talk talk about beer and video games with people who were video gamers which i think there's um there's more games in the craft beer scene than what i actually anticipated to be honest so there's been uh, quite a few sort of chats i've had with people about video games as well as craft beer which is is good which is 
good to be sort of geeky and nerdy about two things beer and uh, and video games so <laughs> yeah definitely yeah we, when we've done collabs actually uh we, don't, we do lots of collabs i love working with other breweries and um more often than not we kind of uh like, oh we want to do we'll name it after this game even mm. if it's not ours at all it's brewed at there so like we've got a few you know some really obscure gaming references but the funny thing is whenever we we do a new beer or um come up with some artwork and we tweet it out you know inevitably someone immediately oh that's that game that's that room from jet set willy 2 well how do you know mm. this <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think i'm going really obscure with this one um yeah, people yeah. know they recognize the references and uh, we built up a little bit of a retro gaming uh following as well which is which is great fun because they uh yeah, they know exactly what we're about, which is which is awesome. Yeah, there'll, there'll always be someone out there that gets the reference somewhere, mate. There'll always be someone yeah. somewhere that, that understands it. So it's which is quite reassuring, like I say, that you're not just sort of the only one that sort of knows things inside and out and gets these obscure little references. So I suppose it is uh, is reassuring yeah. in some aspects uh, as opposed to other ones. But um, but no, I mean I'm enjoying this um, this level up. I must admit. So it's I mean, Tetra Mosaic are sort of two of my favorite hops since since getting into this and and an american red's not really something that you see a lot of now you know sort of it's you know all your ipas your pails that are really sort of hazy and juicy so an american red or a red ale is not really a, a common thing at the moment but there's something just something about them that i think it's almost because it's a little bit different it sort of breaks up the the norm that you're still getting a nice sort of hop character and flavor but without it sort of blowing your head off and being sort of like a, a really sort of thick and juicy New England that seem to be ten a penny at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Level Up is, um, and we call it a flagship beer, but it's by no means our best seller. But it, it kind of it, it's a big part of our story. And when I when I was home brewing, um, this beer was a beer that won the national medal um, as a home brewer, um, mm. and it was brewed. The prize was to brew at Dark Star, um, and it went all around the country, which is awesome. And when we started Elusive, um, I wanted to keep brewing this beer because uh, it was like the it's how it's how we that's how we came to be as it were so we, we've kept it going mm-hmm. and um, the level thing is a little bit of a nod to the gaming so we're now at level 24 citron mosaic but and level one was the original yeah, which yeah. was citra and simcoe um, it was it's sort of a needs must because we couldn't get the hops so it, it, the flagship the original one was citra simcoe when we started in 2016 right. as a new brewery i rang up the hop merchants like oh, can i can i order some simcoe please and they just laughed like oh, no no sorry like, it's all contracted <laughs> out we can't get any and um so we had to borrow some and beg some and <laughs> bring up some brewer friends any chance you could sell me five kilos and uh yeah, yeah. but now we're a bit more savage we can't get the obviously one but it's um so what we did when we got to level we had level one uh, and then we got to level two that's changed the hops and it just became a born out of necessity but we just kept it going um but as yeah there have been 24 mm. different versions of this beer each with a different hop combination yeah i suppose like you say it's, it's sort of your, your flagship beer but i suppose it is nice to have it or tweak it slightly each time because I suppose obviously it's it sort of gives it a different edge each time rather than sort of and there's nothing wrong with the same beer obviously having it as a core beer but at least it sort of it gives it a different sort of dynamic and a different character each time that that you release it doesn't it yeah let's just play around we play around with the malts in it as well um this we think is the reddest version yet um it's a really mm. deep red color uh we play yeah we play around with it and, and the way we kind of name it gives us a bit of freedom to do that and um yeah given it's not a, a a big seller um it means that it keeps it nice and fresh for us as well as brewers so we can mm. we can tweak it a little bit and because it's not the same beer on the set on the bar all the time uh people appreciate that it changes a bit each time so yeah yeah yeah. Got a yeah. Bit of freedom to do that so uh, i suppose at least if people like you see you're quite clear obviously with with your hops at you that it's slightly change each time so i suppose, so I suppose anyone can really be good you say you know it's slightly different each time they have it but that's the 
that's the unintentional or the original yeah. unintentional idea of the game now, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah. So, exactly. so what is your sort of your your biggest selling beer? Would you say then, since you've sort of gone into into cans throughout this throughout this time? Uh, it's been a bit, yeah, been a beer called Oregon Trail, which is a West Coast IPA, mm. and we originally brewed that for um, or with a, a there's a pub um, in Fairham called the West mm-hmm. Street Alehouse. Uh, and they got in touch. Um, hello to Stephen Cat down there if you if you listen to this. Um, they they got in touch um, about launching a beer club at their venue and, and said, "Well, can we come and brew a West Coast IPA with you?" So I went. I obviously love the style, so they came up and I went back to um, a beer I'd brewed. One of my first time brew. My actually was my first home brew. It was a, a a nod to Green Flash's West Coast IPA, um, which is a nice balanced multi resinous hoppy beer. You know, it's it's almost a copper color um and it's got um the classic kind of columbus yeah. chinook you know those old school, pops. Yeah, yeah. old school pops um and um yeah and so when uh mentioned the contract canning and the move to contract canning during lockdown we thought about what beers can we we brew that we think might go well um and that came back so we, we thought well let's brew it again and we we sent it off to be canned and uh yeah i was blown away with how well it went and it's become our bestseller now um and we, yeah, it, it, it is a cool beer that we try and keep available all mm. the time. Um, so we've got some sort of permanent stockists of it now, and uh, and it's got a bit of traction, which is nice. When Ruth said, "All I will, you know, we'll send some beers up for, for doing the show when I when I opened the box and I was, oh, it's an Oregon Trail box. I was like, oh, is is there going to be an Oregon Trail inside it? Because I've had it previously, and I must say, because I I love a West Coast IPA. Like you say, there's just again, I love my sort of my, my juicy pails and, and New England's, but there's just something about a West Coast, like you say, that sort of that bitterness, that resinous, that maltiness, and sometimes you know a bit of biscuity flavor that comes through it just that ever so slightly edges it for me um because i really like bitterness you know I'm, I, I really enjoy that which you know some people do get put off by it but i really enjoy it so i think that's kind of what what edges it for me and i had that in the brief sort of time we could go out again last year um i had a can of that in a in a local tap room so i must admit seeing seeing that can in there did uh did make me a little bit excited i must admit so it's uh one of it's probably the best beer that I've had of yours, which seemingly seems to be uh, the case with a lot of other people as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm very surprised by the traction it got last summer, and I think I've been asked a few times about it, and I do put it a little bit down to nostalgia because uh, which fits with our brand, of course. But um, last summer, mm. uh, you know, it wasn't a great time for a lot of people. You know, pandemic and virus aside, and, and we don't get into that. But in that, you know, a lot of us were at home, and um, you know, we couldn't see friends, family. Um, and I don't know about you, but I found myself clinging on to things of the past that I really enjoyed, and you think you know, trying to think, yeah, yeah, things that you that you've done that make you happy. And uh, for me, this was these sorts of beer. That style of beer was um, responsible for me really getting into homebrewing, you know, with time. Yeah. So I think you know that's maybe why that kind of reflective, nostalgic thing. People, and also people were, you know, the New England IPA craze. Um, isn't going away and you know nine nine out of ten no. <laughs> pale and hoppy beers sold now are probably of that style <laughs> uh, and i think people yeah, yeah. Like, that do like their business you know um there aren't too many beers out there that uh, that you can go and pick up now so uh, we sort of lucked out in that regard i think yeah yeah well that's it like you say it's, it's it's not showing any signs of stopping is it the the haze craze as it's been dubbed but it's um but yeah the sort of a a real bitter sort of classic old school beer IPAs had to come by now, which is is a shame. But I think this this year's seen a few more coming back, which I think is good. You know, every, every year there's a sort of a prediction of what's going to be the craze, which I think, like you say, for now it's still going to be the the juicy numbers, but a lot more people seem to have been doing 
some more classic styles or West Coast IPAs, black IPAs, that sort of thing, which is is good that there's yeah. there's still the demand and, and people still making it and making good sort of examples of it as well. Yeah, I mean, we do, do a few we brew a few of those kind of old styles. These were not old, they're like, you know, the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um, <laughs> we did an American Brown recently called Mechanism and that flew out and people were asking mm. for more and you know, trade customers. And uh, so we're not brewing it again. Uh, so an American Brown of all things has become... Yeah, it's it's a few you've seen a few of those out there. A great one from Burning mm. Sky recently. Um, yeah, and breweries are out there doing those kind of um, less fashionable uh, modern styles. Let's call them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must admit, I've um, I'm still working my way through it, but done a sort of a, a beer school really with um, with Nat, and she's obviously she goes back through historically very different styles, how they came about, the sort of the you know the the classic tasting notes, style guides, et cetera, et cetera. And I must admit that has made, made me go back and sort of, well, I didn't really get into beer by drinking special bitters, American browns, brown ales, these sort of things. My sort of journey into beer was by drinking these, you know, sort of punchy, hazy, juicy beers. But I'm now going back and checking into people who are doing them just to sort of try them and sort of expand my sort of my repertoire and my, my catalogue almost just to, to check in because it's these are sort of styles that I dismissed previously, obviously. These are more sort of more modern and contemporary, sort of a bit more, bit more hoppy than sort of they were previously. But I think that's kind of sort of made a lot of people go back as well. It's like the again they need something different. But people like myself that are like, well, I want to sort of extend my knowledge and my experience a little bit more. So I'm going to try something a little bit different that I would have normally in a sort of probably in a normal world wouldn't have wouldn't have tried. Yeah, it's an interesting point because maybe that kind of haze craze is, um, and that low bitterness juicy thing is made uh things a little bit more accessible for someone that otherwise might not have got into beer and um mm. it's an interesting interesting sort of segue there it's uh yeah i don't never really thought of it like that but it's you know it's a great point for me like i like i say until i got into into craft beer sort of my oh, i didn't touch anything didn't touch beer didn't t- and i was just des pretty much per designated driver pretty much everywhere i went much to much, much to my wife discussed now that anywhere we go <laughs> try and tie it in with a, a beer stop somewhere along the line so she always used to be a guaranteed. Uh, she'd have a couple of gins, and I'd drive home. But we uh, have to split the duties now. So, uh, so yeah, much to her disgust and displeasure, and and that other bank balance as well. It's uh, it's 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 not a, not a cheap hobby. I say it's a hobby, course, but it's yeah. uh, it's probably just a bad habit more than anything. So, um, but moving uh, moving swiftly on, Andy. Obviously, this year you have just recently celebrated your your fifth birth birthday, or fifth anniversary of of being. Uh, a brewery basically uh, which obviously unfortunately slightly subdued celebrations at the moment because of the world that we're in but i know you've got quite a lot of plans in terms of um collaborations and some upcoming events that you've got going on so what can you tell us about your collaborations that you've got planned yeah i think i mean yeah five years it's a weird one it's uh i mean i mean I'm, i feel more inclined to celebrate this year than last year given where we were Mm. Um, and in fact, the year before, we kind of forgot. <laughs> so I look back, we've only really, I think I look back and we did, we definitely had a first birthday party, mm. and a second one at, at two local pubs. Uh, the, the third we forgot about, the fourth, we obviously didn't want to celebrate yeah. anything really. And, and the fifth is like, well, let's do something this year. So five is obviously a nice milestone as well. Um, mm. And so we, we kind of um, picked it up, maybe a slightly obvious route of doing five uh, collaboration beers to, to release. But in working with five breweries and in fact one isn't a brewery things or people that have influenced us along the way um so we're releasing five beers and the first of those we brewed with uh, a local brewery called double barreled um, who are just going great guns at the moment um i mean they're they're young i mean they're not even two uh, i don't think and uh 
yeah, Mike and Lucy founded that brewery um, uh, local to us. I remember meeting them at the Hop Locker, a little um, bar in London uh, on the South Bank Market. And uh, Joel, the owner, introduced me to, to them. And uh, they, they're kind of old uni friends. And um, so these guys are going to open a brewery in Reading. And they told me their plans and thought, well, you guys are crazy. What are you thinking? <laughs> so that's a huge thing we're going to open. And, and they absolutely smashed it. Um, and it's an amazing place they built. And we've become friends and uh, it was really cool to have them down brewing. So we brewed a Belgian style double with them. Um, and uh, yeah, from there we've, uh, so we're doing five in total. Um, we're going to brew with Siren, who are our neighbours and the guys that have had our backs from the day we started really on the same estate as them. Um, so that's going to be Amer an American wheat ale. Um, we've just brewed uh, with the Malt Miller. Uh, so the Malt Miller is an online homebrew supplier. Um, again, they've been really supportive of us since we started in since my homebrew days even. Um, mm. We brewed a, a kind of classic Belgian wit with them and we're launching a homebrew competition around that that opens for entries on Wednesday. And it's um, it's kind of a, a chance for, hopefully can give a homebrewer a bit of a catalyst to, to turn pro if they want. You know, we're going to brew a beer mm -hmm. uh, of their design with their branding, their, their, their artwork on it if they want. And we'll put it out and via our kind of normal channels. Um, and if someone is wanting to go pro with that prize, we'll give them some kind of support and mentoring as well in that. So, so yeah, that opens on Wednesday. Um, so they're gonna, the idea is they brew a Belgian style wit um, and brew the best one they can. And we're gonna judge them uh, with the guys from the Montmiller as well. Uh, we're brewing with Marble. I mean, Marble are, um, I mean, the icons of the, of the craft beer world, kind of the modern craft beer world. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're brewing with them. So we're gonna mash up um, our Shadow of the Beast, which is our black IPA and a style I love brewing uh, with Marble's Earl Grey IPA. So that's gonna be a fun one. Um, mm. So yeah, Joe's coming down in a couple of weeks and the, the final one that's in town currently is a collab with Weirdbeard. I told you how kind of we kind of came to be through Weirdbeard in a way and they're a big part of that story. So we're brewing a, they, they brewed a beer called Follow the Worms, which is a, an agave kind of Mexican inspired stout. So brewing like a slightly smaller version of that with some chocolate chili. Um, mm. So that's kind of the, the dark offering as part of the range. So, well, I guess yeah, yeah. that might be able yeah, so those are the beers we're going to release, and they'll be all be released kind of over the next few weeks as they're as they're ready. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good though, like you say, like you say, it's sort of the obvious choice. But obviously, brewing with sort of five different sort of breweries or, or businesses that you've either you've either supported or they've supported you, or that you know they've meant a lot to you. Then it kind of it's almost that 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 full circle, isn't it? And then that's carried through with the obviously the, the homebrew competition that you're offering as well because like you say that you yourself as, as many people that got into this world started off just brewing homebrewing small scale and then either turned it into a, a full a full-time gig or a part-time whatever it is it's almost that that kickstarter isn't it really that if you sort of can be the sort of the, the jump off point for them to then have the first sort of full commercial brew and then take it from there it's it, it'll be very satisfying for you to be able to to help and support somebody that is potentially in a position that, that you were in five or so years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that would be really cool. I mean, we've opened the competition to anyone, of course, any homebrewers can enter, mm. um, and we'll pick the best beer as the winner. But yeah, it'd be really cool if someone does use that prize to go on and do, you know, maybe start their own business. That that would make me really happy. Uh, definitely could kind of completes that circle. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. And, and like you say, it's, it's it's such a wonderful community and, and environment and industry we find ourselves in within the craft beer world. You know, it's very friendly very welcoming very supportive and for the most part you know very little objection that i found or 
sort of negativity obviously there is in any world but in terms of businesses from a point of view of breweries working together there's sort of a very sort of um almost like a dunkirk spirit in many ways that people are willing to help people out in the times of need and if they need anything equipment ingredients experience advice collaborations whatever it is it seems to be sort of an open door policy for for most breweries across the uk yeah and we've definitely benefited from that kind of generosity and sharing of knowledge and i think um you know, in, in it, all throughout our kind of five years, we've done lots of collaborations. And, and you know, for me, when I started, having not had a commercial brewing background, it was very much, I was there to hoover up knowledge, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember uh, one of our first ever collabs at ours uh, was a collab with Pop Hideout, lovely bottle shop mm. in Sheffield. And and also Cheshire Brewhouse, Shane, uh, came down and mm. uh, it was like a three-way collab. We brewed this Thai wit, um, which was a lovely beer. And uh, yeah, I, I was there, uh, I kind of hadn't quite worked my, my kit out at that point. And I was there, we used to fill the underback and I'll turn the pump on to empty it. And I said to Shane, I'm just gonna not pop next door. Would you mind just turning that pump off and on whenever the underback fills? He's like, what are you on about lad? <laughs> so, why don't you close that valve, <laughs> open that valve and leave the pump on? I'm like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, like little things like that, um, you know, picking up that knowledge and experience and I think, you know, uh, you know, as I got more experience, you know, we've we've, we've been able to offer it on out to some new breweries as well, and, and yeah. um, you know, uh, but you're right, it's a, it's a very friendly and collaborative collaborative industry, and um, and yeah, I think it's uh, it, you know, even locally, we're always borrowing ingredients off each other and helping each other yeah. out. So yeah, it's I think it 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 makes it a nice industry to work in for the most part. Hundred percent, you know, and it's from a from a point of view of us us, us doing this now is that. I've sort of met people in person or virtually by by doing these. That it's just a lot of people you can just sit and share a drink with, have a natter with, and it's just it's almost natural. Do you know what I mean? Not meeting these people, you know, for first time or not face to face. It's just everyone's got something in common. You know, it's just like you say, it's just from a from a drinker and brewer perspective or customer perspective. You know, you can you end up talking to people that you otherwise would have never met in your life, or you just some people you just don't expect to drink or enjoy craft beer and they do and it's and again it's just you get such a diverse array of people it, it's nice to sort of meet these from any, every walk of life and just share beers and share experiences with as well just even from a from a punter's point of view yeah definitely and that's why i mean i, I did, did miss we talked about festivals and it's one reason i've really missed festivals over this past year is because that's i love going to festivals either just as a punter or pouring your beer and just having chats mm. like this with people um and yeah i, mean, I think it's uh for that, it's a pretty, you know, pretty unique industry and one that I'm really pleased to be a part of. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. So obviously, you're saying that you obviously you were home brewing. What what did you what did you do before you got into brewing? What was your sort of your background before that? So I started out as a kind of in electronics. Actually, I did a, an apprenticeship in uh, electrical and electronic engineering, and then from there, kind of fell into IT as a lot of people do. Um, mm. And my last role before starting Elusive was um, working on uh, live event video streaming. Um, so the Rugby and Football World Cup, and some of the kind of large scale video streams like you, know, you see on iPlayer and when you see live events on iPlayer, yeah, yeah. and working on kind of scaling those streams to hundreds and thousands of users. So yeah, it's mm. fairly, fairly nerdy. Uh, I guess it ties in with that brand a little bit. <laughs> You'd have had your work cut out if you're still doing that this last sort of 12 months, wouldn't you? With sort of streaming and live events and all sorts in terms of yeah, infrastructure for yeah. that. You'd have been uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd have been high in demand. So definitely. So obviously you've you've sort of collaborated with these five people for your for your birthday, Andy. But sort of if we say take that out of the equation and you sort of you could collaborate with any other 
sort of brewery in the world that you that you've not worked with before what 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 brewery would you work with and why and what what style or what beer would you make do you reckon if you could you could choose one to do this question comes up a lot and i, I might change my answer a little bit down the years but um i really love firestone walker um, okay over in california um, and we we had a bit of a pilgrimage to <laughs> to firestone a couple of years ago a few years ago now um and uh yeah i was a little bit walking in there like oh firestone walker <laughs> uh, but i just love the fact that they um they brew, I mean, they brew a broad range of stuff, but everything you taste from them is exactly, it's precise. It's mm. always the style. It's that they're like, in a way, you know, I liken them to Thornbridge in that regard because Thornbridge brew, uh, you know, they're, they're not like bleeding edge, you wouldn't say, but everything they brew is exactly as expected. It's yeah. reliable. It's relentlessly good. Mm. Uh, and Firestone, you know, very much the same. And um, I was lucky enough, we, we did, we poured at the Beaver Town Extravaganza um about two or three years ago now and mm-hmm. we were because of the alphabet we were next to firestone walker <laughs> and, uh, and i got starstruck all Brimson, over again the, yeah exactly and matt brimson who's the head brewer there uh, and i fixed his fobbing linda machine <laughs> claim to fame and, uh, i got chatting to him but i don't, I don't tell him that, oh i'd love to work with you Matt. You know, yeah, just more yeah. of a how you doing trying to play it cool andy you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no I, I really do admire their work and um to get yeah their barrel aged beers are just world class uh like Parabola, um, all those big beers they do, but just the same, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're pale ale, they're called pale ale, um, is phenomenally good. Um, so yeah, brew that just nails everything they mm. do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely sort of one of my bucket list things that I want to go do is go to, go to America and go to a couple of different States and sort of work my way around and just try beer from different breweries that are over there. Cause like you say, there's just some sort of big classic breweries over there, you know, like Firestone Walker, Stone, Russian River, you know, those sort of ones that have been going for a few years that you just, highly regarded and like you say not necessarily sort of cutting edge of hyper beers that come over here but sort of like classic beers that you know just every time you're getting something that's just precise as you'd expect it again and again and I just want to sort of go over there and spend some time over there and just just drink beer and eat food to be honest you know just uh yeah we've been lucky enough to to do that and uh yeah I mean you'll love it when you know keep it on your list and get out get out mm. there and do it because it's, it's amazing and uh I think my worst ever hangover uh, was when we went to the Russian River. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're drinking Pliny, it's no hour. wonder. And, yeah, and Pliny was three twenty-five a pint. Um, wow! <laughs> because of happy hour and uh, the barman. When we sat in the bar and the barman, with you know, the minute your glass got, you know, three quarters empty, there another Pliny. There you go. And, and yeah. Before you know it, you're four pints in, and, and then we started on the sours. And, yeah, Pliny. That was a bad hangover. Mm. <laughs> gonna say if you're drinking pints of an eight percent uh, West Coast, it's not gonna it's not gonna end well, is it? If you, that's what you start no, on. So, no. Yeah, yeah but, I think the first time I went to the loo, it caught up with me. <laughs> yeah, as soon as as soon as you get up to stand up, and it's like oh, room room spinning around you. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's um, obviously when everything will settle down and what have you, it's it's definitely up there as one of my uh, one of my my bucket list things to do because I, I I like my American football. I like like my beer but I like my food as well so I want to sort of go over there and experience the, the culture and the different foods from the different states over there because I suppose in, in many ways going to a different state it's like being in a different country with a different sort of food and beer offerings and things isn't it so it's yeah, yeah it's it's definitely up there with uh, with one of the bucket lists and especially like you say that west coast California that sort of thing because that's sort of the given style I do prefer it'd be like a like a, a heaven almost of <laughs> I'd never want to come home I don't think yeah I think you'll love it over there, yeah. But that's no disrespect to obviously what we've got over here, but it's, um, but yeah, it's just something about America that's on the, uh, on the hit list for, for definitely for many reasons. Um, 
so Andy, before we sort of look to, to wrap up in the next sort of few minutes or so, what sort of as much as you can at the moment, what, what does the rest of 2021 hold for you guys, apart from sort of obviously opening your doors fully in the next week or two? And what 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 are you looking at beyond for the rest of the year? Yeah, so we, we're, I mean, our tap room only opened for a few months before we went into that first lockdown and it became a packing warehouse full of boxes and all sorts. And it's <laughs> never really gone back because we've not opened uh, for indoor drinking. <laughs> so it's still very much a warehouse. In, well, I say warehouse, it's not that big. Um, but um, yeah, that's our main priority over the next few weeks is to get that back to how it was. And we want to, uh, when we opened the tap room in November 2019, we wanted to make it all about the games. So we had like a, a mm, video yeah. game console on each table with its own screen. Um, so we want to oh, go back totally. and really push that idea. Um, Ruth's been reaching out to Reading Uni to uh, find uh, someone, uh, an art student, to come down and make the place look amazing. Um, so mm. I think. Main priority over the next few months is to get our tap room um, to a place where we really we're really happy with it, and we really want to uh, part of our business plan this year is, is to have a really successful tap room. Um, so we're keen to get that done, mm. and and from there, I mean, want to go through there's a few um, dull things, but kit equipment upgrades we want to do, uh, move towards um, uni tanks, and um, yeah, get it's all about improving the quality and, and pushing quality as much as we can. I think when you're our size and you're not producing a lot of beer. Um, you know, everything you put out, you know, you've got no excuse, it's got to be good. We're not doing any massive volume. Um, and for us, it's all about um, keeping quality as high as we can. And so there's some investment mm-hmm. we want to make in helping us to improve our quality, particularly in small pack. Um, and I think from there, you know, as I said, we've got no grand plans to take over the world. I think that likes to add a little bit more capacity. We might eventually move to a slightly larger site so we can be a bit more comfortable. At, at the minute, every week is a, a massive game of Tetris to. Uh, keep um, yeah, yeah. You know, keep moving stuff around and keep the, the logistics going, keeping beer going in and out. So I'd like that to be less of a challenge. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think um, with Ruth joining us recently, um, she's doing a great job on on sales and marketing. I think you know with her on the team, we can really push on um, into next year. So I'm excited about that. I suppose, like you say, when when you as small as you are, and if it was just the two of you previously, when it sort of it either falls to yourself and, and or one other person, even now sort of one or two other people, it's hard to keep on top of things, I suppose, sometimes, isn't it? But I suppose it takes the sort of the, the pressure off if you've got somebody that can push the brand and, and the sales and the sort of the brand awareness nationally, I suppose it helps exponentially, doesn't it? It definitely, and I think also it takes the, I spend a lot of my time doing that and not focusing on where we need to go as a business and what do we need to, to improve yeah. things and to grow slightly. So yeah, you're always on the back foot because um, Ricky Bruin, I was kind of doing all the sales, logistic, marketing, all the other stuff. Uh, and it means you don't have time to plan. Um, we yeah. it sounds absurd, but we were so reactive to the point where we didn't have a brew schedule. We didn't like, what, what do you brew? What we got? What's in the monster? What hops have we got? Right, let's brew this. Uh, no plan at all. Yeah. So uh, one thing we are working on is, is being a bit more organised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will help uh, things go a lot more smoothly. I think. Yeah, it's, it's one thing that I see sort of seem to come across is that a lot of breweries are sort of meticulous. Have got like sort of the next twelve months sort of planned in, but then some of them are just like, yeah, just just see see how we get on. Just we'll we'll brew this and then we'll brew that, and then we might just brew something new entirely or just. But I mean, obviously, the last twelve yeah. months have been hard to hard to plan. But I must admit, I'd I'd, I'd like to have some sort of uh, schedule or some sort of plan to know where you know, where we were or what I was doing. So it's rather than just sort of winging it almost, but it's been hard to do more than that <laughs> recently, hasn't it, I suppose? So it's... Uh... Yeah, I think we had a period of where we were just 
reacting and that was fine but now we're kind of back to capacity again it's like we, we need to be more organized and, and that's what mm. we're just bringing at the moment which is good yeah yeah but it's good that obviously you've got everything sort of in-house now like you say you've got the sort of the canning in-house and things so you can control the the quality yourselves a lot easier because obviously when you're sending it off-site then it's obviously subject to elements and how it's treated off-site and things but obviously now you've got that under control it'll uh it's the quality is only hopefully going to increase and things become a lot easier for you guys in the in the coming weeks and months so uh so fingers crossed but why obviously for people that um may be coming across you for the first time through through the listening to the show andy where can where can people find out find out more about you guys yeah i mean follow us on the socials it's elusive brew on, on twitter elusive brew on instagram and facebook um and we will be communicating lots across those channels now that we've got i've got some help with that yeah <laughs> um i mean yeah our website hasn't got a lot of info on it <laughs> but we're working on that as well um but uh yeah i mean um social is your best bet and uh, we like to chat a lot on our socials so get in touch with us and ask any questions you've got like you say i know you said that obviously there's not a lot of information on there but i know you sort of your, your blog page as you know there's not been sort of regular sort of things on there but i do like a good sort of blog post on a, a brewer's website but like from yourself and, and things it just gives a nice little insight into the the goings on and the happening and obviously you've got the the, the blog post about your your fifth birthday competition obviously you guys turning five and the history about yeah. you guys which i think is is great because you don't always get that you know apart from a sort of a brief about us page you sort of get a sort of a, a little bit of history but i think having a regular update is obviously time allowing which hopefully it will do a little bit more now which yes, it's yeah. a nice little insight into into yourselves and, and the doings and the happenings behind the brewery so um i look forward to seeing more regular updates uh on the blog soon yeah we will keep at that i mean you notice that we've uh i did two posts in the first four years and we've done three in the, in the past two weeks so yeah <laughs> it bodes well yeah. let's hope <laughs> well like said, it's, it's like you say it's i know it sounds like a really silly thing to say but finding that sort of 15 20 minutes half an hour whatever it is just to sit down and do it because if you've been brewing all day or packing all day whatever you come home and sit home it's just like i just want to sit down or just go to bed <laughs> yeah, or just just right. veg out and just watch telly i don't want to write words i just want to i just want to switch off so i appreciate that it won't be the uh always the easiest thing to do yeah indeed yeah but um but no andy thank you very much for uh for joining uh joining us today um before we sort of we wrap up um ruth did the reply to my email saying that she has uh, put a discount code on for for listeners of the show um so pob10 um is a, a discount code that is just unique to this podcast um valid until the end of june and it gets you 10 percent off any uh, website orders so please if you are listening to this or watching this when it goes onto youtube um head on over support these guys um put an order and get some beer i can highly recommend them um for you and hopefully people will find you guys as much as anything um pick you a couple of new customers up get some visitors down to you mate i know obviously being north i'm i'm not down south very regular but um but certainly if i do find myself down down your neck of the woods i'll uh, i'll certainly be uh, popping in and seeing you guys when uh, full-scale travel is back up and, and permitted you know we don't we don't get told off so uh, if i do find myself uh, down there mate i'll uh, I'll be coming and supping a few pints and yeah please please do pop in and yeah any of your listeners viewers um pop into the tap room open uh saturday for drinking in and out and uh the shop's open thursday friday saturday so pop in and say hello and um, yeah that, we've got a discount code as you said and uh, look, those birthday beers we talked about will be coming out in the next few weeks so keep your eyes peeled for yeah those. yeah definitely thanks for having me on no no i appreciate it mate thank you like like i just said i know it's uh there's sometimes that you just think oh, i really can't be bothered and i <laughs> 
just don't want to, I don't want to have to think about things, but no, I appreciate you taking your time out, mate, and coming on and, and having a good chat. So uh, it's nice to meet you, mate. And uh, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll meet you in person sometime soon. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate.